Listen up, real estate investors, entrepreneurs, and agents. You're in the right place. Unlocking the secrets to real estate investing and entrepreneurship. Welcome to the Titanium Vault, hosted by RJ Bates III. Here's RJ. Hey guys, welcome to the Titanium Vault. I'm your host, RJ Bates. Welcome to another episode. Before we jump into today's episode, I want to remind you guys, I only accept five-star reviews on iTunes. If you're listening on iTunes, make sure you give us a five-star review. Still trying to get us the 100 reviews on iTunes. We're just a few short. So if you haven't done it yet, please, please, please give me a five-star review. And please do it before I tell you why you suck. Uh, you might not like me too much after this episode, so just pause, leave us the review, and then listen to the rest of the episode, okay? If you're watching it on YouTube, make sure you give us a thumbs up, make sure you're subscribed to the channel, and then also hit the notification bell so you'll see all of our future videos. All right, today's episode is called, Let Me Tell You Why You Suck, okay? So what I want to go into today is, you might be struggling in your business. Maybe you're a newer wholesaler. Maybe you're trying to be a rehabber or a landlord. Whatever it is, what I want to discuss today is, is why are you struggling? If you read the day's title of the podcast or the video and you chose to listen, it's for a couple of reasons. Either you're struggling with something in your business and you want to know what I have to say and hopefully you'll take something and apply it to your business and get better or you just want to troll me and see if this is another clickbait title, which apparently someone thought I did last week with my rapport is irrelevant title. I didn't think it was clickbait at all, but hey, to each their own. Uh, today is not a clickbait title whatsoever. I'm going to tell you exactly some of the reasons why I think people in this industry currently suck. So first and foremost, I've got a lot of notes here, okay? A whole page of notes. This is the most notes I've ever taken uh, before recording a podcast. So number one, be your own hero. Okay. Stop looking for answers from other people. And you're like, so what RJ, should I just stop listening to this podcast? Should I just stop listening to this interview? Quite possibly you should probably get out of YouTube university at some point in time. Okay. I mean, at some point in time, you have to be the solution. You're going to have to make the stance and say, I'm going to be my own hero. No one is going to hold me accountable as well as I am. No one is going to push me to achieve my goals more than I will. If you can't hold yourself to that standard, then you have issues right there. Become your own hero. Be the person that you are striving to be right now. Make that decision and don't look for anybody else to make that change other than yourself. The book Relentless. Prior to me doing the 50-50-50 challenge, I came on, I did a podcast, I announced what I was going to do, what the challenge was going to be about, and I talked about the book written by Tim Grover called Relentless and how it inspired me to do the 50-day challenge. Okay, Now, that book inspired me, but from that, I created the change. Okay. I created the challenge and I said, I'm going to make a change right now for titanium investments. 
This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to put my back up against the wall. I'm not going to look for answers from any outside sources other than what I'm going to go do. And that's what I did. You watched. You learned. A lot of you loved it. But guess what? If you've ever watched the book, There Will Be Blood, this is what I'm talking about. There's a scene in that movie. I took my straw and I stuck it in your milkshake and I drank your milkshake. That's what I did in the 50-50-50. The only markets that we're really in on a regular basis are Texas, Arizona, and even Arizona is very low volume. Hawaii, Alaska, Ohio, and a little bit in Tulsa. But we went to all of these other markets and we went there and we got deals and we sold them and we made money. I took my straw and I put it in your milkshake and I drank your milkshake and you were watching and you were learning. You see what I mean by this? Become your own hero, create the change that you need in your business don't necessarily rely on me. If we collaborated during that challenge, then you need to understand something. I'm exactly what a rival is. Let me repeat that. If we collab on something, I'm still your rival. The definition of a rival is a person who is competing with another for the same objective or for superiority in the same field of activity. If you're a wholesaler in Portland, Oregon, and I go to Portland, Oregon, and I get a deal and I collab with you, I'm still your rival. Because guess what? At the end of the day, my desire is to be superior to you. We can be friends, but at the end of the day, I'm still your rival. I want to beat you. I want to make more money than you. When I go talk to a seller, I want to buy deeper than you. And when I buy to sell, talk to a cash buyer, I want to sell higher than you. That is what I want to do. I want to make more money. I want to take all of the deals and I want to do all the deals. Do you have that same desire? Think about that for a little bit. Find the desperation it takes to not accept anything but your desires, the game has already started. Okay, think about that for a second. When I was writing down my notes here and I'm thinking about how do I want to communicate to this to my small following that listens to the podcast, watches the YouTube videos, I want to make a change for you guys. I don't want you guys to struggle. I don't want you guys to feel like you suck. I want to help you guys find what it takes to find that desperation. Okay. It takes to not accept anything, but your ultimate desires. I know I found it. I know without a shadow of a doubt, I will not accept anything, but what my end goal and my desires are and nothing will take that away from me. Okay. So that was number one. Number two, you don't know what you're doing. How about that? I talked to so many newer wholesalers. And why, why am I going to pick on newer wholesalers for a second, okay? 
because it's the easiest thing to do in real estate investing with lack of knowledge. Okay, that's what you're told. The first thing you should do is go wholesale. Why? Because there's not a financial liability to it. You're not, you don't have to take down properties. You don't have to have a lot of cash to do it. You don't have to have a lot of knowledge about being a landlord or a rehabber or a contractor or anything like that. You could just go out. That's what you're told, right? That could very well be the reason why you suck at wholesaling though. Okay. Wholesalers that have not learned the rehab business or landlord business. How can you sell a rehabber a property if you don't know the rehab costs, you don't know construction costs, you don't know anything about hard money costs, private money costs, holding costs, closing costs? Have you educated yourself enough to understand that? Now you say, RJ, you told me number one was stop looking for answers from other people. What I mean by stop looking for answers from other people is, is on how you're going to be in business and making money and, and becoming the entrepreneur that you desire. Going out and siphoning knowledge from someone, that's not, that they're not your hero at that point in time. You're taking what you need from them. If you ask a cash buyer, hey, they say, hey, you're, you're too high on this. Ask them why understand is it because you're seeing a different arv is it because the rehab cost is it because in this area days on market are longer and i need to account for more holding costs ask them siphon that information from them and then apply it to your business become better at what you're doing and understand what you're actually trying to sell to somebody okay the next note i have down is Sometimes I see wholesalers and their ARVs that they have, which if you don't know what an ARV is, is the after repair value. They're literally mythical creations that they've come up with. Learn how to pull comps for God's sake. I'm going to create a YouTube video where I have Cassie come in here and show you guys how we pull comps because I see people pulling comps that are going miles and miles away to find the ARV that they need, crossing major streets, not comparing the bedroom and bathroom count and the square footage. If you're looking at something and you're, you know, a 2,000 square foot house and you're comparing it to a 3,000 square foot house, but yet you have seven 2,000 square foot comps, what are you doing? You're just fabricating something and trying to manufacture a deal. This is what I'm talking about. This is part of the reason why you're not achieving your goals, your desires. Go back to number one. Find the desperation, the desperation to get better. Learn how to pull comps. There's so many resources out there. Of course, we're going to create the video like I just said, but I'm sure there's already been thousands of videos on YouTube that have been created on how to pull comps. I'm sure some of the best comp pulling systems out there, Propelio, prop stream they already have videos on how to use their systems to pull comps are you taking the time to educate yourself and then applying it to your business to become a better wholesaler or a better whatever it is that you do in real estate because i'm assuming you're in real estate if you're listening to my podcast you don't care about the end buyer's costs 
put yourself in their shoes and actually figure out how much profit, if this property performs the way that it should, how much profit are they going to make? You have to understand this. You have to have organization to your organization. Okay. And what I mean by that is, is I'm going to pick on someone that hopefully she listens to this podcast today. I'm not going to name her, but she asked, how do I organize my data? What are you naming them? So for example, we name our list when we skip trace and then our campaigns, all the same thing. It's city and state, Fort Worth, Texas, hyphen, what it is, acquisitions or dispositions. So Fort Worth, Texas, hyphen, acquisitions, hyphen, what the list is, absentee, vacant, pre-foreclosure, whatever it is, hyphen, the date. Now, the reason why is, is some people out there might just call their campaigns Dallas, Texas, or Dallas, Texas, December 18th, 2020. Okay. Now, if you look at that in 2022, are you going to know what that list was? Are you going to know that that was what market it was in? It was for acquisitions. It was this list pulled and this is the date. Organize your organization across the board. I'm just going to pick on that one particular topic for the sake of speeding up this episode. I want to keep it right around 20 minutes. But that is an example of make sure you have some kind of organization process within your organization, okay? Third and final point, your reaction to failure is weak. I see people that go out and they say, I tried a marketing campaign, I tried text messaging, I tried uh, comp pulling through PropStream or Propelio, and it didn't work for me. What is the re- what is the follow-up reaction to that failure? We've had many failures over the past couple of years. In fact, we suck. We still suck to this day. But every day I'm working to get better. Titanium Investments and everybody within the organization is working to get better. I don't want to suck anymore. I have very strong desires and end goals that I'm going to achieve. I have I found the desperation it's going to take to succeed. But my reaction to failure was not weak. I can promise you that. We faced it head on. We said we will not allow this to be our future. We're going to make the necessary changes that it's going to take to start succeeding and stop failing. The catchphrase is fail forward, right? What does that mean? It's easy to say that, but do you actually live by it? Do you sit there and say, I did not move this deal. I had a property under contract. And do you put yourself in the seller's shoes and think about what you did and say, I have to be better because I'm reaching out to thousands of homeowners saying I'm their solution and I'm letting them down. I'm letting my family down. I'm letting myself down. I'm letting my team down. Do you sit there and do you hold yourself accountable to that level and say, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to make the necessary changes so I don't do that anymore. I don't want to talk to another seller 
and make them a promise that I will buy their house for X amount and then drop the contract because I suck at my job. Do you do that? If you're a flipper, if you're a rehabber and you're buying houses and you're going out and then you're not performing and you're letting your private money lenders down, your hard money lenders down, are you saying to yourself, I'm not going to do this anymore? I'm going to put the necessary steps or I'm going to stop rehabbing. I'm going to go back to wholesaling. Are you making those changes and saying, I, I refuse to continue to suck and go down this path? Are you doing that? I'm reading the book called The Dynasty. It's about the New England Patriots, which for anyone that's watched this, I'm a massive New England Patriots fan. Okay, we're having a tough year after Brady left and we're probably not going to make the playoffs. But The Dynasty is a book that is written about Robert Kraft purchasing the New England Patriots and and basically creating the greatest sports dynasty in the modern era. Right. And how that came about. And one of the stories that I want to share about that book was. Early on in, in Robert Kraft's tenureship as the owner of the New England Patriots, uh, they actually drafted in the NFL draft. Um, they drafted someone who had a prior history of domestic violence against women. Now, if you don't know this about New England Patriots and, and Robert Kraft and his wife, uh, they are massive advocates against domestic violence against women. Um, it's actually, I believe they're one of the number one supporters of this in the Boston, New England area. And how this happened was at the time, Bill Parcells was the head coach of the New England Patriots. And it was a later, I think it was the third, fourth, fifth round, something like that. Uh, the best player on the board was like by far the most superior player remaining in the draft and like many players that had ranked below him had been drafted already and so robert Kraft saw this and said hey why is this player not drafted and they said it was because of an incident that happened at the university of nebraska where he went to college and it had to do with him groping a female inappropriately and getting arrested now this is what he'd been told and they contacted uh, Tom Osborne, the, the head coach of the University of Nebraska at the time, and asked him, and, and he said, hey, I think he's a great kid. It was a mistake. He's learned from it. He's moved on. I think you would do great by drafting him. And so while the clock was ticking down, they agreed, let's draft him. So they drafted him. Shortly thereafter, a couple days, I believe, uh, an employee of the New England Patriots brought in the full report on this player to Robert Kraft that showed he had not been arrested that one time, but multiple times had multiple cases of domestic violence being arrested, horrible acts against women. And Robert Kraft was terrified. And the thing that really stood out to me about this story was his reaction to this. Obviously he viewed this as a failure. This is not something he wanted. His wife was a massive advocate against domestic violence against women in the Boston area. And then they just accidentally drafted a known 
person that had multiple cases of domestic violence against women. And his reaction was, how did this happen? How did we not know this information? We have to make changes in our organization right now so this never happens again. And then the ultimate reaction to this failure was for the first time ever in NFL history, we're not going to sign our draft pick. We're going to relinquish our rights to him because I refuse to have that player. It's against our standards to have that player play for the New England Patriots. There was word that got around to other NFL teams about this, and a team actually offered a trade to the New England Patriots for him. So instead of getting nothing for this draft pick, the New England Patriots could have traded him and gotten something in return. And Robert Kraft said, no, we are not going to profit off of this. He should have never been a part of our organization, and he's not going to. And they essentially just lost that draft pick. That is a reaction to failure right there. Not standing up to it and allowing that to happen, but saying we have standards here as the New England Patriots. We're not going to profit off of this mistake. We're going to learn from it and make sure that we're a better, better organization moving forward and it will never happen again. And it hasn't have standards or become irrelevant. So I want to continue along the lines of the new England Patriots. They eventually moved on from Bill Parcells as the head coach. They brought in Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll has had massive success as a head coach at University of Southern California in, in the college ranks, and also as the Seattle Seahawks. Won a Super Bowl, won a national championship. Probably should have won another national championship, except they lost to my Texas Longhorns in 2005 due to Vince Young's amazing performance. Probably one of the greatest performances in a national championship game in the history of college football. Pete Carroll was that coach. Pete Carroll, prior to that, though, was the replacement as the head coach of the New England Patriots for Bill Parcells. He probably was not ready to be a head coach. And as the head coach of the New England Patriots, they lacked standards. The standards were not there. And the New England Patriots went from Bill Parcells last year as the head coach being in the Super Bowl and essentially having all of the same talent to losing in the second round, to losing in the first round, to missing the playoffs in Pete Carroll's three years, and then becoming a 500, an average ball club and finishing in last place in the AFC East division. They became irrelevant. They went from the Super Bowl to becoming irrelevant. And a lot of that had to do with the fact that Pete Carroll didn't have the proper standards for that organization anymore. Players were going out and partying the night before games, showing up late to meetings, and there were no standards for that. So have standards or become irrelevant. I promise you that's my last sports analogy for this episode. Last, last statement I have for you guys. 
my standard is our failures do not define our future. Just because of what I've done in the past, be it dropping those wholesale properties, not performing on rental properties, not performing the way we should have on flips, will not define our future. We will make the necessary changes and we will not repeat those mistakes. We will create the standards to make sure we do not become irrelevant. And last but not least, remember, your milkshake will be my milkshake. And I hope you feel the same way about mine. Remember, stop collaborating, stop competing, right? We had that episode a couple of weeks ago. Maybe this isn't popular with you. Maybe you have a differing opinion. That's okay. But remember, I only accept five-star reviews. So even if you disagree with everything I said today, that's okay. Go give that lower rating to someone else and give me a five-star review. Make sure if you're watching on YouTube, you give us a thumbs up. Guys, have a great weekend. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks so much for listening to the Titanium Vault with your host, RJ Bates III. For more info and to stay up to date, visit www.podcast.thetitaniumvault.com and on facebook.com slash thetitaniumvault. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate and review, and we'll catch you next time on the Titanium Vault. Titanium Vault.